Hello and welcome to Foul Players Radio. Michael Spedden here. It's good to see everybody as we're getting ready to launch another season of Foul Players Radio. Glad to be here with you. And um, I wanted to bring back another episode from last summer. Uh, We're doing a little bit of a best of series right now before uh, season five actually launches. And my guest on this one was Antonia Monacrusos. She's a local belly dancer. Uh, You've seen her in a lot of theater productions. Um, Jesus Christ Superstar, The King and I, Phantom of Opera out at Baltimore Actors Theater. And uh, she also has her own dance troupe where she performs belly dancing, traditional belly dancing all over town um, in restaurants. Uh, You've seen her at Hunfest and a bunch of other festivals. She's a great lady, a really good friend, and a lot of fun to talk to. Um, A few more plugs before we uh, get into this episode here. Um, The Foul Players of Perryville will be performing uh, this weekend. March the 7th at 6.30 p.m. on the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad Train in Cumberland, Maryland for tickets, www.wmsr.com. I'd also like to mention that the Chorus of the Chesapeake will be having their annual May show at Essex Community College and the Auditorium on May the 17th at 3 p.m. for tickets, www.dundalk.org. Also, the Maryland Center for the Arts, their website is mdcenterforthearts.org, is having their annual Dance for the Arts Gala, which is going to be on April the 25th. Um, for more information, go to their website, mdcenterforthearts.org. Now enjoy this episode with Antonia Monacrusos. And welcome back to another episode of Foul Players Radio. My name is Michael Spedden. This week's guest is Antonia Monacrusos. She's a wonderful actress and dancer. You've seen her perform with her troops and in theater productions all around Baltimore. Uh, she's been in shows like Jesus Christ Superstar, The King and I, The Phantom of the Opera, and she's also a very well-known belly dancer. We reminisced about her career in dance. She was talking about um, all kinds of past performances, uh, some shows we've done together, and some upcoming appearances, um, especially her appearance at this year's Hunfest in Hamden. So uh, give it a listen. I think you'll enjoy this episode. Also, in other news, the Foul Players of Perryville will be returning to the Black-Eyed Susan, June 28th. Tickets are available at blackeyedsusanhdg.com. The Foul Players of Perryville will also be returning to the Western Maryland Scenic Railroad on June 15th and June 22nd. The shows will be Tennis Anyone. For tickets, go to www.wmsr.com or 1-800-TRAIN-50. The Chorus of the Chesapeake will be returning to the Dundalk Heritage Fair on June 28th. They'll be singing at the opening ceremonies. Um, at 6 p.m. that day. Uh, make sure you come and check them out. And if you're interested in singing with the chorus, they meet every Tuesday night at the North Point Government Center at the corner of Wise Avenue and Merritt Boulevard. So come on out if you'd like to sing. You'll have a great time. Kim's Crypt is getting ready for yet another haunted campout, June 22nd. I think tickets are going fast, folks. So if you're going to do this, you better act pretty quickly. Uh, Kim'sCrypt.com. And now, our episode with Antonia. So I'm down at Costas Inn this evening, uh, down here to interview Jazz Fluenza, and I have a special treat for you. A good friend of mine showed up tonight. Antonia Monacrucis is here, and I've uh, performed with her for a number of years at Baltimore Actors Theater. She's a great dancer. Uh, she's been doing like, belly, belly dancing, ballet, a number of things over the years. Hello. Great to see you, my dear. How you been? I'm great. 
Good to see you, Mike. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, you've got some things going on right now. I know you're going to be performing at HunFest in a few weeks, correct? Or actually next week. Right. I'm going to be dancing um, along with some other dancers. Uh Uh-huh. On Saturday, June 8th at 5.30, main stage. Main stage at Hunfest here. Mm-hmm. And um, what's the name of, do you have a, does your group have a name or anything? Well, it's it's a variety of dancers. It's oh, not it is. just my dancers. Okay. So there's a variety. Oh, I might as well tell you their names. Meridian Dance Troupe is a guest mm-hmm. troupe I'm having. And right. then I have my tiny uh, four-dancer troupe called Lyra. Okay. And I'll be doing a solo. And then I have a special guest. Um, I don't know her stage name, but her name's April. Okay. And she'll be dancing with a sword. Oh, okay. Wow, dancing with a sword. Yeah. I think I'll step in the back for that one. I think I think she knows what she's doing, definitely, you know. Well, that's great. That sounds great. And it's going to be belly dancing and um, what other, any anything besides that? Um, it's belly dancing. Strictly belly dancing. Okay. However, some of our pieces are a little quirky because that's what they like at um, Hunfest. Oh, right, right. So it might not be with Middle Eastern music all the time. It'll be with something totally different. Okay, okay. So tell me about your background in this. You've been doing this for a good while now. 45 years. 45 years you've been a belly dancer. That's great. That's great. So how did that, what, what, what occurred to you to make you want to become well, a belly dancer i'll tell you it was it was accidental actually uh-huh. um i always wanted to be dancing on the broadway stage ever since i was little oh yeah yeah um i mean little mm-hmm. and i used to watch all the old black and white musicals oh sure I mean, yeah you know way before my time but that's what i loved watching like 30s and 40s musicals right there right. gene kelly uh <clears throat> sid Charisse. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my dream, even though I knew it would never happen because I was Greek from a strict Greek background, mm-hmm. and um, you know, daughters just don't do that. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so um, I didn't take dance lessons until I was eighteen because my parents right? just—I think they were just—they were overprotective, and they because I was always the more the sickly one in the family. Oh, okay. So they thought the dancing would make me sick. Oh, okay. <laughs> dancing makes you sick. Which is the opposite. makes you stronger. Right, right, it does. But, I mean, they were from the old country, mm-hmm. so that's what they're, they, they believed in. Were you the baby? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's another thing, <laughs> See, too. I'm sure you your daddy's that, little girl. Right yeah. <laughs> you knew that. Yep. Daddy's little girl. So yeah. what happened was I, I just dove into all forms of dance mm-hmm. and then I thought I wanted to be a ballet dancer but that, you know being 18 just starting off in ballet is a little too late yeah yeah you know, usually a soloist around that time sure, sure. so um, you know that fizzled but I still I the dream kind of fizzled but I was still into learning all forms of dance mm-hmm. and when I was older I guess 20 mm-hmm Someone, well, I did take a belly dance lesson from this belly dancer in Fells Point, uh-huh. the old Acropolis. Oh, okay. And I loved it, but it didn't occur to me at all. It's like, get your throat <laughs> cut, you know, if you want uh-huh. to become a belly dancer. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy just said, why didn't you belly dance? I said, mm-hmm. are you kidding? My parents would kill me. Right, right, right. And, um... It was well. Um, I was. I think I was. I was. I was younger than 
I was younger than 20. I was not 19. My father passed away. Okay, right, right. And I mean, he um, he was strict, but he was also you can maneuver him. Sure, you know, right, right. especially the little you the baby in the family. Yeah. <laughs> but when he passed away, um, I hate to say this, but it was just easier to do things because he wasn't like he was always watching what we were doing right right, not that dancing was bad but um after he passed then um i felt a little bit freer that i could just do things that i wanted to do um even though my mother she was strict too but um you know without without her husband around it was it was a little different right so when someone um mentioned becoming a belly dancer and you know i thought that was Insane, but um, I didn't take it seriously at first. But then I had some friends, um, girlfriends, of course, that um, wanted to take lessons. Right, right. We would go to um, close to the DC area to Mm -hmm. take uh, belly dance classes, and everyone dropped out except for me. Uh huh. So then I wasn't driving, so I would take the trailway bus. (laughs) <laughs> to take my lesson and then take a cab to her house. Okay. So I was pretty dedicated. Oh yeah, that that sounds like it. That sounds like it. That yeah. sounds like a lot. And so to that, that's how that happened. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just when I was taking all those lessons, that's what I thought I wanted to do. Especially when the, the guy put the bug in my ear, and I thought, well, maybe I can do this. And it was the easiest way to get into dance. Oh, yeah, I'm sure At that it was. age, you know, I was like 23 when I first um, moved away from home, which was also like, it wasn't taken very well with the family. Right, right. But right. I moved to D.C., and that's what I did. I, um, I was taking classes on a regular basis. And after about a year, I um, I went off on my own and became, that's what I did. I started belly dancing. Okay. And that's how it started. Mm-hmm. And you've been able to apply this to lots of different, you know, your dance skills. And it sounds like you, you, know, you do have a variety of uh, different things you've done, to, you know, all kinds of different parts that you've done in theater you know, over yeah. the years. Well, I love, I love jazz dancing, too. Oh, and okay. Sometimes okay. I incorporate those moves into mm-hmm. belly dancing with Sure. I mean, they look a little jazzy, but they're not really jazzy because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't call them Egyptian moves because they're not. Right, right, That's right. That's just my style. So, mm-hmm. and it's good. I mean, everyone should have their own style. Right, right. Now, is that where, um, you said Egyptian, is that where belly dancing originated in Egypt or was it um, just Middle East or Mediterranean region? That's still a subject that, you know, people... Debate? Yeah, debatable uh-huh. because they don't really know for sure. Some people say... Um, India and and then the um, Romani, you know, like the gypsies would take it to other countries and it just evolved. Right, right, right. But that's just one theory because I Mm -hmm. read some books on it and then some some others say it was Egypt and then I heard from somewhere else that it was Greece. Oh, okay. And I can't remember the exact, um, I wish I'd give you more accurate information, but it was, of course, it was... um, I guess it was in ancient times that mm-hmm. something sort of developed that was similar. So we really don't know the answer to that. Sure, sure, sure. And um, so now I, I can imagine, you know, back in these days, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, what were the venues that you were doing the belly dancing in? Um, 
Well, um, see, I started off in D.C., and I, my first venue was a Turkish and, believe it or not, it was Turkish and Arabic uh-huh. restaurant. Okay. They had, like, a, a show with dinner yeah. and everything. Okay. Yeah, and then um, there were a lot of clubs back in those days. I'm mm-hmm. talking about the 70s. Right, right, There right. were Egyptian clubs. There were Greek clubs. Mm-hmm. There were Turkish clubs. So it was there were a lot. There was a lot going on. So there was a lot of um, different places you could work. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I can imagine too. Uh, back in those days, you know, your parents having the objection to the belly dancing. Um, I mean, one thing that just kind of came to mind was, I get around that time frame. You know, Sonny and Cher was on TV, right. and you know they could never show Cher's belly button. <laughs> They could never show that. That was considered something that was censorable right, by the right. network. And I can imagine, I guess there must have been a generation of people back then that really thought that yeah. was uh, risque or uh, yeah. inappropriate or, uh, yeah. or too much. You but know. I'll tell you, my mother did come around. Yeah, she did. Yeah, I'm sure, Well, I'm sure she once they saw you. She did come around, and um, then I was moved back, um, worked back. Well, actually, at that some time in that interval, I did get married. And mm-hmm. he, he was Greek. So oh, that was okay. always a plus for my parents, right. and my mother, mm-hmm. and my family. But he was a musician, was uh-huh. which was also a little frowned upon. But he was Greek, so it was okay. Mm-hmm. Greek, Greek music, <laughs> right? Traditional Greek music, right. sure. So um, we worked in Baltimore um, for a time at the old Acropolis in Fells Point. Yeah, I know where that. I knew where it was. Yeah. Right. So we worked there for a while, mm-hmm. and. Um, it was really back and forth, Virginia, um, Maryland, D.C., Virginia. And right. then we did travel outside, but we usually stayed on the East Coast. Okay, yeah, yeah wherever the work was, wherever there's a, you know, yeah, an audience exactly. for it and everything. And it wasn't, there wasn't always work there after a while, you know. Mm-hmm. And Trends change. It's very similar to being in a band, you know. You know the right. style that you play could be very popular for a while. And you got to go where they need you, you know. I mean, yeah. I can remember going on the road, you know, as a musician years ago. Right. Just finding the right venue for us, you know, where people would come out and see us instead of, you know, playing for the bartender all night. <laughs> <laughs> and in the 80s, that's when um, mid-80s started to die down a little bit. Sure, right, right, right. So we were back in Virginia at that time, and um, some of the clubs were just closing. Mm-hmm, right, right. So then, was it was it around that time you started doing uh, theater, or was that something you've been kind of doing? No, along? not yet. Um, that's when I decided um, it's a good time to get pregnant and have a baby. Oh, okay, okay. So um, yeah, so that's what happened back in the mid '80s, mm-hmm. and I didn't get into the theater till 2008, actually. Oh, is that right? Even so you were I right used, before me. Yeah, I did a lot when I was younger. Uh-huh. Um, I was braver then, you know. Of course, you have to be. I guess you have to be brave, be belly dancer too. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when you're when you're young, mm-hmm. elementary school. I mean, I just had more courage, and I was doing like a lot of acting. Yeah, yeah. It was in the classrooms. It, mm-hmm. Yeah, we had our little things in classrooms. It wasn't. It wasn't a stage. Sure, sure. But then I got. Um, when I grew up, I kind of got shy, shied away from it, even though it was always in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That's all. I mean, that I always wanted to be an entertainer. Period. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that bug bit me a long time ago too. You know, I wanted to be either an entertainer or an athlete, and um, 
started in entertainment, then I went over to, you know, sports and things like that through high school, and then that didn't pan out so well, so I got, you know, I have always had an itch to play guitar and play bass and everything, and, right. um, you know, that's kind of where I've ended up and evolved into doing this, you know, so uh, I can remember meeting you for the first time during Jesus Christ Superstar the first time. we Actually, you know what, I met you during The King and I. Oh, that's I wasn't good. in The King and I, but I saw you in it with Teresa, my wife. Right. And um, that's when we first crossed paths. And then um, Superstar and then Phantom, because you had a big right, part in Phantom right. and everything, too. What's, do you have a particular show that you really enjoyed the most or one that's your well, favorite part? Phantom of the Opera I've always loved ever since I saw it in, you know, in the movies. Right, right. I mean, on TV, black and white, what was it, 1930s? Or, it was very old. Was that the Lon Chaney was it Lon Chaney that was? Yeah, Lon Chaney, I think, was in it. Senior, there were different maybe. versions. Yeah, I'm there not was, sure which yeah. one I remember. But, right. Um, was it silent? No. 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 Okay. One I saw wasn't silent. But okay. I I, um, I love that story. Yeah. But I have to mm-hmm. say my favorite when I worked for Baltimore Actors Theater was The King and I. The King and I, because yeah. Because I just love the dances mm-hmm. and that they they allowed me to do that Miss Helen, you know, um, gave me those special spots. Mm-hmm. Plus, we got to wear um, all kinds of this great makeup with glitter. And, oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. it was really, you know, mm-hmm. glitzy. So I must say that that's probably my favorite right, one that right. we've done. That one. I think I'd, having seen you in that one, I think you did an excellent job in that. Thank you. And, um, I think you know, the one thing that they did is, um, you know, having somebody with your expertise, and they just kind of let you go. Right. And you didn't. And again, you you put out something that was really great. You know, my uh, my other one that we joke about, you know, quite a bit is uh, from <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstar. I gave you the nickname Ting Ting the Tambourina because you stole, <laughs> you basically stole the market scene. You did. You well, came out at the beginning, and um, well, that's good to know. You did. I mean, and I tell you what, and a lot of people, you know, you know how at the end we would go out and greet everybody after the show. Right. A lot of people were throwing compliments your way too. They're like, "Where did they find her? That was amazing." Oh, you know? that's great. And it really, I think it really added something to it. It you know? did. Um, it really did. I mean, you have to imagine that scene and having mm-hmm. having a belly dancer in that scene was mm-hmm. was just perfect. It was, it was. They came out, and um, that, you, you really killed that. You know, I was really, I really loved that. It was one, another one. And then, That's um, one of my favorites, too. But that was a really quick change, I remember. Mm-hmm. They used to help me um, back in the wings to just get ready for, oh, yeah. you know, because I had to change from one costume yeah. to another real quick. Oh, yeah. Like I and had it, five minutes or so, not even probably five and I'll minutes. I'll tell you, and, and, you know, for somebody my size, doing a change in one of those hallways was awful, you know. And it probably wasn't easy for somebody your size either, you know. Another it was easy. It was yeah. just stressful because right. I was always right. afraid I wouldn't be on cue, you know. But yeah. I always was. <laughs> I never lost my cue. Right. Well, the other the other one that I really liked that you did was the uh, Red Death Dance in right. uh, Phantom of the Opera. You were... Um, you did that with Jim Fitzpatrick, um, it, it, who and played Lance. the Phantom. Well, yeah, Lance did it the second time around. The first time we did it with Jim. No, the um, first time was Lance. Maybe second the first time, time you did it. Jim. Maybe you probably didn't know me then. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, the first time I remember that was, um, well, there was, I had to help Jim change <laughs> in that little corner. We had to put on the Red Death outfit. And yeah. um, with the it was pitch black. 
Yeah. It was pitch black back there, and uh, we got him dressed, and he came out. But the problem was the mask went down far enough, so the mouth, his, he was looking <laughs> through the, looking out through the mouth instead of through the eyes. That's and when he started singing, like the head was going back and forth like this, and um, that was something. That, and actually, I think that it happened to Lance at another time too, because uh, we were see talking that, about that. Because I was backstage. Because you were backstage, yeah. yeah. Oh, that is funny. Yeah, that's very funny. Yeah, we always had our uh, everybody who's played that part has had their red death experience with their. Uh, <laughs> Eyes going through the mouth part of that. That's <laughs> that was a great. classic there. Well, I remember when Lance was, um, at the end of the dance, he was dragging me off, and he was going off backwards. Uh-huh. So he couldn't see where he was going. Oh, no. And I had my arms around his neck, and my legs were dragging. He was uh-huh. dragging me. Uh-huh. You know, and... Uh, he bumped into part of the set and it fell. And it's supposed to be a really serious moment. Yes, yes. And everyone yes. started laughing. <laughs> oh man. So that was that was bad. Yeah, yeah. We we've had our moments on stage and everything here. And that's one thing I like to ask my guests too. Um, can you remember and this is uh, one question we ask is about disasters. Either it can either be a disaster or it can be a high point. Something right. awful or something great. And what we ask is, have you ever had an audition, a moment on stage that was either your low point or a high point? Have you ever gone out to audition for something and it was a complete disaster? Or have you been on stage and had a complete disaster happen? Or have you ever... uh, so think about what do you, what do you, what do you think? One well, thing you? that comes to mind um, wasn't really a disaster, but I was doing one of my dances for um, the King and I, and it was uh-huh. all on the floor. Right, right, right. And you know there were splits and all kinds of things like that. And when I did a split, mm-hmm. um, I think I went. I just pulled it too far, and I I pulled a muscle right in the middle of, of it. Oh, Jesus! So the rest yeah. of the performance was very painful, and I remember getting on oh the stage, God. and I was limping, but I managed <laughs> to you know I pulled it off on stage. But when I got off stage, I thought I was going to fall apart. Jesus! Mm, I, I pulled yeah. that muscle, and it took a it took a long time to heal that because I had pulled it. So badly. You did a number on it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Teresa told me, and they were doing, did you ever do Oklahoma there? Yeah. Yeah. She was doing Oklahoma, and she pulled her, uh, she tore her ACL in the middle of a routine, and it I popped real I, loud. I remember that. Yeah, actually. yeah. That's something, that's that's a story she tells people a lot, is the fact that she popped her ACL during Oklahoma, and um, I could just imagine that. You know, my, my knees are terrible anyway, and I just imagine that kind of I pain. I think I remember that, and I, that reminds me of another. It was still, it wasn't a tragedy, but we had those long dresses on. Yes, yes. And we were on the steps um, on the corner of uh, the stage. Not uh-huh. the stage, it was like... What do they call it? Box five or one of those yeah. corners. <laughs> I think every every uh, part of that stage of right. Golden Reactors Theater is referred to what it was in Phantom. You know? Right, exactly. <laughs> Box five. So I was, I was like, com- coming down. The, it was only two steps. Mm-hmm. I came down the two steps, and the person behind me stepped on my dress. Oh no! So it didn't rip, but it pulled me back, and I fell on my butt. <laughs> She's <laughs> a whiz. Yeah, but it happened. Real, it was still on the step. It wasn't mm-hmm. on the floor. But um, I was mortified at right, that. Right, right. Because I had still was knew it. 
mm-hmm. at um, Oregon Regina Theater. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, everyone saw me fall, but <laughs> I don't even know if they noticed it. So I was like, oh, my God. My first role there was the Roman who whipped Jesus the first time we did Superstar. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Jim was Jesus, Jim Fitzpatrick, and, right. and he, he was a great Jesus. Yes, you know? he was. I just, you know, he, he's got the voice and he's got the heart for that. Role, he does. You know, um, and so I was doing you know, the, the, the whipping scene, the 39 lashes. I remember. And for some reason, the whole thing that he was one just fell over and landed on the floor, and he landed on the floor. And it was really? only on lash 18, so I had to keep whipping him <laughs> until he... Uh, you know, until the 39, when I was like, oh, my God, is he hurt? He's not moving. Is he playing or is he? Right. And I was like, uh, I better keep going because <laughs> I don't want to cross Miss Helen. I was new. Right. And um, and I tell you what, you know, she was hard on the experienced people there. When you were a rookie there, there was no room for, yeah. <laughs> there was no room for margin of error at all. You know. And, I used um, to say no one came out unscathed. You're right. With you're Ms. right. Helen. Yeah. I love her to death, and she gave me a yeah. beautiful, great opportunity. Oh yeah, yeah. But she was she she can she could be harsh. She could be rough, you know. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's it is hard. Um, you know, I went in there. I'm just like I'm going to do what these people tell me to do because I'm a musician and I have no idea. I yeah. can sing a bit, and I figured you know Steve Holloway asked me to come out for it because we were working together at right. the time and. Um, so I got in there, and um, I figured I'm just going to listen. And, you know, she gave me an opportunity, and there were times when she was brutal. But the thing is, is that if you're going to go perform in New York or anywhere professional, they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to blow sunshine up your rear she end or anything She like prepared you for that. She prepared you yeah, for reality. she really did. Yeah, you know, whatever really you think did. of uh, being criticized or whatever. And, um, and, and the thing is, the people that couldn't take it there were the ones that were... Uh, that thought a little too highly of themselves anyway, right. really, you know. Yeah, some never came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true, that's true. But um, now you have a daughter. Now, does your daughter do this as well? Uh, well, she's a mom now, but she graduated from Peabody. Okay. So she used yeah. to do opera. Okay. And she's got a beautiful voice. Uh, she plays the piano and she teaches. Right now she's teaching um, piano and voice. Okay, so she's she a voice teacher. She did a lot of teacher. theater. Oh, okay, yeah. She yeah. did a lot. She did, um, I, um, I wouldn't say more than me, but but I, I think it was on a higher caliber. Mm-hmm. She was on the stage of Peabody. She even oh, did yeah. something at the Lyric with Peabody. Right, 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 right. Yeah, so, yeah, that was great. That That's was excellent. Great. That's excellent. So, well, Antonia, it's been great to sit down with you. I appreciate you taking this time well, with me, I'm old friend. I'm glad you interviewed me. Yeah, it's nice to run into you down here. You enjoy the uh, jazz nights as well, as yeah, I see. Yeah, I do. You know? I'm usually here on Wednesday nights. Usually here on Wednesday. So if you want an autograph from Baltimore's best belly dancer ever, <laughs> come down and see the the little dark-haired lady sitting at the bar. She'll be glad to oblige. Thank so, you, Mike. Thank you so much, Antonio. Thank you. Always a pleasure, my dear. I'll see you soon. All righty. And thank you all for listening.